Podcast 99 is back. I am Ryan Lichten. I'm joined by Josh Evans and Parks Miller. And today is another installment of our Survivor Stories. Now, this is a very special Survivor Stories. They're all special. Don't, don't get me wrong. But this is especially special because the Survivor that we have today played at Woodstock 99. Not only played, but headlined, I would say, the emerging artist tent, which is the mysterious tent that we mention in, in each episode, really, when we're going through the timeline, where there's not much to find on some of these bands, but some of these bands, there is a lot of stuff to find. So uh, we're going to go ahead and introduce them now. Why don't you tell us who you are and who you played with? I'm uh, Steve Milo, and I was in the band Reveille. And actually, the center stage was um, the one part, the actually abandoned hangar that Plains parked in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's the, a tent. Yeah. See, okay, that's legit <laughs> shit that is now confirmed <laughs> because we always talk about that because, yes, the Emerging Artist tent was actually in a hangar because this was, yeah. again, taking place at Griffiths Air Force Base. Yeah. Was that also the same? That's where the Rays were late at night too, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. After the, yeah, I mean, you probably bone the know. fuck out because, yeah. again, this survivor <laughs> actually fucking survived because you saw shit kind of going down because you were there towards the end of the last day, which is notorious. We haven't gotten there yet. We're not going to get there for a while. So this is a very exclusive kind of sneak peek on uh, on that shit. So before we get to that, though, tell us about the history of the band, because we were kind of researching a little bit, and, you know, Wikipedia is this or that sometimes. So uh, it, it said that you guys formed in 1998. Is that true, or was it, was it earlier than that? Well, first, also, I want to say thanks for having me. Oh. And you guys, and you guys, <laughs> and, and you guys have awesome podcast voices. Uh, yeah, I put it on for this like, shit. You saw me earlier. Exactly. I was like, oh god, I want to kill myself. And then he's like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm excited Thank to you learn for a lot about this with us. Oh, my pleasure. We really appreciate it. I'm excited to learn a lot about Woodstock that I don't know because now you guys are. Digging up everything you can find on it. Of course. And, yeah, I mean, we found you, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking crazy shit. I, I needed to be dug up. Yeah, me. shout out to Toby, our, our, our uh, research assistant. He uh, has brought us some amazing things, including this interview here. Uh, so, yeah, there are, are going to be things that you probably don't know, because as anyone that plays music knows, when you show up to a show, it's, it's kind of a whirlwind of everything. And I'm sure, I mean, I never got to play anything the scale of Woodstock 99, but I'm sure that that was just a whirlwind of, like, let's get the fuck in and, and get the fuck out kind of a thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, imagine it's Absolutely. like going to a city and being there for like a couple of hours and your impression of that city is that block you were on for those few hours. Yeah. So it's just, the it, same thing for like a place like Woodstock. That was my experience with a lot of cities. I mean, I had been to San Francisco many times, had never seen it, San Diego, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they live in California, I'm like, I want to go to San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... So 98. Yeah, yeah, we got to get back. Okay, so tell us how the band formed and, and just going to kind of give where you guys from, all, all that good stuff. This sounds like I'm going back way too far, but literally me and the singer were in the same class in fourth grade. And my first day of school, we played 7-Up. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Put yeah, your head yeah, down, yeah, put your thumbs, thumb up. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, my sweaty, nervous hand pushed his thumb down on the first day of school, and he knew it was me because <laughs> he knew it was nervous and sweaty, and I, was, I had just moved to town. So that's where I met our singer. Well, whose so, name is? Uh, Drew. Okay. Cool. And so we have 
the all of us went to the same elementary and high school and me and drew kind of started in conversation putting the band together in um art class okay and, and like so and again like what kind of year is this where you guys are starting to play music because your guys style of music i mean i don't I don't want to sound like contrived or anything, but that it's a very specific style of music that is very specific to a certain time. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And and it, but it's great. I mean, dude, fuck, man. Like we were listening to it, we we're like, dude, this shit's like fucking sh- like sick as fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what I've been curious about too, because for me, I don't th- like most genres that sort of die or whatever. Right. Get positively nostalgic about 10 years later and i don't feel like that's happening it, dude it's happening <laughs> yes. I'm so, no. i feel like <laughs> new metal could be yeah. one of the genres no, that no, no it, one will ever want to revisit it, it's it's totally happening dude <laughs> i, I played a new metal night yeah we went to a new metal night yeah no it's coming dude okay. you guys and, you know he was at power, ryan went to Paramount 5000 and orgy last night so. that's amazing <laughs> dude i am feeling it <laughs> Yeah. hard yeah. <laughs> it's, it's bad but like who are your influences like like when you start a band like because we listen to stuff like that and like we grew up with stuff like that but like i couldn't even approach trying to write a song like that you know what i mean it's so specific uh, of a time that like I, like how do you even write a song like that you know but at the time that's what you did so like what inspired you guys like where were you like oh we want to be a band that's kind of like that or like, like what, what was that I mean, we were very young. Like I said, we were in high school. and But I do feel like we were catching it on its way up. Like our first album came out in 99. and um, Laced. Laced, yeah. 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 And oh, we were two weeks graduated from high wow. school. That's insane. And, and, and a couple guys, our drummer and guitar player, um, were two years behind us. So, so actually, they were still in. They were still in high school. Dude, that's high the school. fucking wow. dream, yeah. dude. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> that's the fucking. Dream. So we. But I mean, were you guys touring and stuff when you were in high school, or was it just like you got noticed? I mean, I mean, how did it work back then? Because yeah. nowadays it's all about the internet. You know what I mean? Everyone can spread your shit, and if you spread it enough, then people think you're big, and then eventually you do get big. But back then it was very like. It was like message board internet. <laughs> Basically, it was like AOL message boards. You were kind of starting to get a little bit of news and and starting to discover bands through the internet mm-hmm. but it wasn't how you were building a fan base or anything right. by any means it was like yeah. so in high school how did you guys get fucking signed and so, end up playing at what in high school Electra, right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we were just playing every weekend taking it seriously trying to be as good as we can and started with a handful of kids in the driveway stuff like that and our drummer's family had a general business company where it was like wedding bands DJs etc and Everyone knew Aerosmith was the big band in uh, Boston, mm-hmm. and our drummer's father just started sending our demo to whoever was known. And, wow. and it went to this guy who had worked with Aerosmith, and he also had shopped Godsmack to get a record deal. Okay, mm-hmm. see, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm like, Aerosmith, so like, then Jesus just, Christ, but Godsmack, yeah. that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah they'd the, be interested in yeah. and stuff like that. So this guy was a lawyer and um, started showcasing us this one summer in particular, this was in between my junior and senior year. This was 98. Mm-hmm. And we bust, we had played like a few shows like in our in our hometown, like whatever little spaces that cool shows, you know. Right. Yeah, high yeah. school, you put together whatever you can. And we literally chartered a bus and brought like 50 of our friends who were all like 18, under 18 to CBGB's. Because if we oh, just no, I actually read about that. Yeah. That was like your guys yeah. is like yeah, okay. We, we got signed out of there because so so we just if we just went to showcase there, we would have only been playing 
with ourselves and and seeing uh, playing for possible record executives. Right, we're right, just, right. We want them to see our show brought brought our own people down. That's awesome. Um, did it three times that summer, and by the last time, basically got signed out of. That's amazing too. The club because oh. you can't even get people to pay a cover charge now at your show. Oh no, fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> dude, dude, okay, the show I went to last night, dude. It was like you know. What some would consider big bands like Orgy, Power Man 5000, Faster Pussycat and shit. And like I was talking to my coworker, you know, about that shit. I'm like, dude, we should go. And he's like, yeah, we should. I was like, yeah, what do you, how much do you think it is? He's like, I don't know, like 25 bucks. I was like, dude, if it's 25 bucks, I'm going. Yeah. And, and we look it up and it's 30 bucks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> man. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> but I ended up going and it was only 20 at the door. And the drinks... Are yeah. really what killed me there <laughs> in, in, in the pocket. So mm-hmm. you guys get signed. How long between that? Like, because that's like ninety eight, ninety nine. Now Woodstock ninety nine is happening. Did you guys was that festival already something that was planned before you guys got added? And you were like, oh shit, we're gonna play that, or was it something all encompassing where it was like, oh, we're playing this new festival? You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, like was it something that you knew you were gonna play, or was it like planned all together? Like, were all the bands booked at once, or? Did you find out after it was announced? I mean, from the start, the whole thing went very fast. You know, from getting this lawyer guy, all of a sudden we're showcasing, all of a sudden we're signing a record deal. And that was September of uh, 98. And we recorded while we were, like during the school year, left school, had a tutor, recorded and That's, stayed at the studio. Okay. Wait, like in you had like a like a child actor kind of teacher sort of. figure. Yeah. Wow. Because two of the guys were dude, that yeah. I mean, no, we okay. were still in high school when we were recording yeah. the album. So yeah. we right. had a tutor. Like we had to go into the school. They had to be okay with us getting our l- Sorry, like legit teach. high school diploma. I'm a rock star. Take, continue <laughs> the same courses with uh with a uh a tutor coming to do that. Wow. Do do what we needed at the studio. Dude, so, fuck all this DIY fucking internet bullshit now. These motherfuckers <laughs> were in school in the studio, like they, like they, like dude, that's like shit you hear yeah. about, like like you know the kids in Harry Potter and shit. Where it's like, yeah. well, they had like a great teacher on set that like got them through fucking. Like they have the same, not saying you, but like those kids and like that. That's the same education people in prison get. You know, it's like it's like oh yeah, great. Like they they went to school on set filming like. A, but anyways, so that's that's fucking true dedication, though. I mean, dude. I mean, just, I would, just, I would, was that your more like was that something you guys wanted to do or wanted to have, or was that like no, you have to do this because you're minors and. I mean, we we just wanted to rock. Right. <laughs> Literally, like that's what we would say. Like we, because our parents were so involved, so we had these meetings with all the parents and stuff. Dude, we were trying to figure awesome. out if we're signing a smart contract etc right no, there's yeah, some heated yeah. discussions and everything because we're everyone's just trying to protect mm. us and stuff yeah, yeah we're yeah. just like we just want to play you know so um one thing i want to ask about uh the album waste uh and before we move on is uh you guys recorded that with steve thompson mm-hmm. um he also recorded follow the leader we learned mm-hmm. and we have we, we, that's into, that's why you, yeah dude, that's sick dude <laughs> yeah, I research i remember uh finding a video where jonathan davis says that the only reason that because they were shopping around different uh, producers and engineers and stuff like that. And the only reason that they went with him was because he brought a case of beer into the studio. But you guys being in high school, I'm guessing he didn't bring yeah. a case of beer. He probably bought it for himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he brought I mean, pop. We was that like that? I mean, we record at the studio that um, is on a farm. And um, uh, Rolling Stones had recorded there and stuff. So we just lived at the studio. And I mean, I, d- d- I d- hate d- to interrupt, but I just want to do an Easter egg callback. 
on a farm, the original Woodstock, Max Yeager's farm. Also, uh, Rolling Stones, Altamont. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, no, we just we just recorded this. I mean, the, the point was that things, everything just kept moving fast, and we just wanted it, and in a way, as as young kids sort of do, expected it. We we worked really hard, thought we were good, so when something worked. We, we felt like it was appropriate, you know, right, like yeah, yeah, young yeah, little yeah, assholes, yeah. like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. of course we're going to play on the stage or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so but, it just, it based, so we finished recording, graduated maybe like June, like 15th or so. Album came out June 22nd. We were playing two weeks of like sort of Northeast Warp Tour mm-hmm. and which had a Boston date. And at that Warp Tour show you guys are from. is, yeah. And uh, at that Warp Tour show, which is probably weeks before Woodstock, we found out that we were going to play Woodstock. So it, everything wow. was so just okay. so kind of just... You're, it only took a couple... You, you had about a couple weeks notice for Woodstock, is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, because wow. we, 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 we had the same yeah. manager as Godsmack. They were playing... They were already right. planned yeah, yeah. to play oh, Woodstock. Okay. So as often as you can, managers will yeah. always piggyback their artists together. Right. No, of so, course. Yeah. Well, at least good ones. You know? Yeah. But... uh Fuck, man, that's that's, <laughs> that, that's fucking awesome. Uh, you guys did Ozfest right after that too, right? Same, um, same we were year. supposed to do ninety nine. I mean, that's a funny story. I mean, we we met with um, Sharon Osbourne to be our manager, and we were we were we were, we <laughs> the were star of the original <laughs> reality show. <laughs> we were, yeah, no, which I now edit reality TV, but <laughs> but, but uh, so Follow circle baby. I know it really it's, it's, seriously, and uh, so we we were booked to be on I think Ozfest ninety nine. Met with her. And we were like, if for some reason we don't like work together, we're still gonna be on Ozfest, right? She's like, oh, of course, whatever. <laughs> we're not on Ozfest. After, we're not going with it. So we didn't do Ozfest until 2000 when Godsmack okay. also. Yeah, did and you it. showed her. Yeah. And you showed Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> not really, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> he was laughing now, but uh, okay. So that's hey, that's crazy because again, that's such a fucking like avalanche of news you know as a young kid like when i was in high school i was lucky to play like a fucking backyard rave in the valley you know and i thought that was the shit i can't even imagine being like 17 16 18 playing warp tour let alone i mean which you know became commonplace which also warp tour in 1999 is like that's that's insane shit yeah you know what i mean that that's not like the warp tour that we know you know uh, us as the host and the age that we are but okay, so Woodstock. So you get that no, news. No, well, I want to yeah. mention this too because this is really. I thought this was really cool. Yes, Josh, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> see, I'm, so I'm told that the, the cover art for Loaded was or, or laced was uh, Clive Barker. Yep. Did he do that for you guys? Uh, we went through one of his books, and that was a black and white. And was that like, like that? Obviously, and that's we just got permission, and, and we got oh, permission cool. to add yeah. to add, col- to add color. To it. Dude, this band was sick. Yeah. Hellraiser and Candyman, which went on to be movies, and also Nightbreed, which is incredible. But on, the, on that album too, you guys had Be Real. Yeah, that was a Steve Thompson Hip-hop thing. legend. Did you yeah, guys? They were marijuana. How did you get that? Um, Steve Thompson knew him, and they were about to start doing their rap and rock yeah like stuff. yeah yeah yeah. they hadn't yeah. done it yet yeah, and wanted to, yeah. Yeah. Yep. so they, they were talking to steve probably about potentially producing them so, there's some sort of relationship there and they were heading in that direction so he said come be on this song and so that, you guys kind of popped this little rap metal cherry i guess yeah <laughs> yeah because that was also we had <laughs> finished, so to speak we, we mm. had finished the album and we were mixing um in new york and he just came down and added vocals to the song you guys in there the for mixing that, stage or? yeah 
That's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. I See, told I told him there was this one part where he just like yells motherfucker for like ten minutes, <laughs> and, and like, and I, I told him to say motherfucker. So, <laughs> that was, so you basically you wrote a song for Be Real. Uh, we already had the song, and I don't know if we. But you wrote his beforehand. lyric. You wrote motherfucker. I just told him to those say are your words, man. <laughs> dude, those are your lyrics, dude. <laughs> you wrote it. <laughs> you gotta own it, man. <laughs> he was like, yeah, because there was there was some part where he was just like, I'm coming out and coming out, and then it had this space, and I was just like, just say I'm coming out, motherfucker, <laughs> at the end of it or something. <laughs> and he goes, motherfucker, <laughs> and that's how art is made. Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> that, that, that's that's real <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> All right, but I digress. All right, Woodstock 99. So you get the news. How old are you when you played Woodstock 99? I had turned 18 June 10th. That's fucking crazy. So you can buy smokes, but you can't get booze. Correct. Okay. Okay, just for you folks out there, because I feel like that might come into play later. I don't know for sure. I, we, we tried to not talk to our guests before mm -hmm. we record, because otherwise we'll, you know, blow our wad and... Yeah. Get to create and forget shit. Forget. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I, I don't know, but uh, I'm just going to assume maybe that comes into play. So, anyways, <laughs> so, so okay, did you guys drive up? What car did you take? Like, 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 how did you get there? Did you have to bring all your own shit? Uh, what time was it? What time did you have to show up? Give us, like, the morning, if you can remember. Yeah. I'll kind of, I'll, I'll start with the day before because um, we played the worst show we've ever played Saturday night. So, I watched it on TV Friday night. Saturday night we played, I think it was maybe the only show that zero people were at. Oh, and shit. it was at the smallest wow. venue. On Electro That Records. was sort of like, I mean, you, you always play, especially in the beginning. I mean, our yeah. al album had come out yeah. weeks before or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's crazy. I mean, I've played to zero people, but I'm yeah. nothing. But it was like, well, we were nothing. <laughs> so, but, so it was like, it was like the venue that had a small room next to the venue, sort of. <laughs> like one of those, like, yeah. not really the venue. but Where was the venue? Somewhere in Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, I forget. It was called and, and the, main, the main venue was awesome, but we were playing in some other room, which would be cool if there were people that, there. Yeah, yeah you know, but there was yeah. no one there. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think I was literally uh, um, leaning against the wall, falling asleep during our set on stage. <laughs> Probably the only time I fell asleep on stage. Because you work the young kids too hard. Yeah, I, well, I would rock. fall asleep in class, and um, they started to just like think it was funny. Like, I, I would be sleeping, and the whole class would die down to a halt because they were just watching me, like, bob my head up and down. But they knew that we were, like, driving to New York for a meeting that night and got back the next right. day Right, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, because so. a lot of times in schools when kids are, like, really tired all the time, it's a sign of child abuse. But they knew that you guys were rocking. We were working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, no, no, those guys are rock stars. Yeah, like, we played a show or something on the weekend. These guys fucking yeah. abused the goddamn studio. Yeah, no, these, these guys are the shit. Yeah. Uh, so, they're, not, they're not in trouble. So okay, it, so you so played that show. It went from the worst show of our career to the best show of our career, you know. So Woodstock '99 was the best show. I mean, it's it's kind of the Trump. I mean, there there were amazing shows for different reasons, but like that was if if anyone in conversation now looking back asks, what was your like you know what was your biggest show? It was you know I always just say it's Woodstock. That was it was amazing. Uh, you know what I mean? So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Sorry, man. But, I'm, but I'm, I guess I'm having this like <laughs> moment. All right, keep going. <laughs> I, I love those types of uh, uh, keep you grounded perspective life moments worst right. is is often next to the best like i had plenty of other moments yeah. like that you know yeah so um uh sunday we just kind of drove our van in with a u-haul and there's some logistical details that i don't remember but like what time was it like super early was it like i mean these this is the shit that i, I need to know 
Yeah. Our like, set, did you our show up like right fun. before you played, or did you have to get uh, there early and sound check? Was there a sound check? Like, uh, no sound check. I don't think we. Um, I'm right. The line check yeah. in there, baby. Fuck yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we we got there early enough to like we knew we were playing, but we wanted to see some of the other bands. We wanted to experience as much of it as we could, and if it were now and we knew we were playing Woodstock, I would probably try to cancel the other show and show up Friday. And be there the whole time. Yeah, I was gonna right. You know what I mean? Guys got to show up early and catch yeah. things. So yeah, we saw like Seven Dust, Godsmack. Um, cool. Was that that was that on the day Sunday. that you played? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Sunday. So they got us on the same day. That yeah. No, spoiler Sunday. alert. Oh, yeah, we're getting to Godsmack. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about Godsmack. We're gonna talk about Seven Dust. All that shit's coming. Yeah. That's Sunday. Baby. All friends of ours and yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because you guys uh, toured with like mm-hmm. all sorts toured of like, like you toured with Seven Dust. Especially having the same manager, we did a lot of Godsmack tours, and and it translated well usually to 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 we had kind of the same fans. Yeah, uh, we always wanted to play with um, other bands too, uh, right. but it just always worked really well with their fans. Mm-hmm. And like the most CDs we ever sold in one show was with the Godsmack crowd. It was like maybe three hundred CDs. Jeez, or dude, something, just... I'm sitting on like a pile of like six hundred CDs from my first band. <laughs> you cannot sell CDs anymore. Three hundred <laughs> CDs at one show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, people <laughs> bought that shit, and you killed music. <laughs> Napster and your fucking internet and your fucking phones. But yeah, anyways, it's heartbreaking. So, okay, so it's what's so you you pull in, you're in a van, you got your gear in the U-Haul. Uh, again, is this early? Is this afternoon? Like, because you, you said you caught a couple bands, so you must have been there early. Yeah, probably showed up like 11 a.m., maybe noon. Something okay, like that. Cool. And, and was there like a from, special artist we entrance from, or? from Boston? Um, I'm sure there was. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I know we're we're reaching. Yeah, I just kind of rolled in. I don't know too much. Yeah, <laughs> too much Godsmack. I mean, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were saying that you were hoping to learn some shit about Woodstock '99 that you didn't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you were in this different perspective, and uh, you mentioned that it rained on Saturday, so big people were recreating the mud thing from '94. It that's not entirely what happened. What what happened was on day one, the toilets and the showers and the plumbing that was used for the people that were staying there all broke down and started spewing water out into the foreground, and that is what created the first mud. It did rain on Saturday, but the mud people, which are dubbed the mud Nazis by this, like, weird tape, like this VHS tape I got, we, we call it the mystery tape. Uh, yeah, because, like, I mean, it just came out of nowhere. I had no idea what was going to be on it when I bought it on eBay. This guy was like, I don't know, it says Woodstock 99. I've never watched it. It looks like it's in good shape. So I bought it for 25 bucks, and best money I ever spent, dude. It's but they call them mud Nazis. But the, the, the shit reporters. people for real, though. But they're shit people. Shit oh, people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's shit. And then it did rain, and then everyone got pissed. But the initial mud was shit people. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways, so it rained Saturday. You're in there. It's a, it's, it's like 11 a.m. Probably by the time you guys park and get your shit handled, it's what, like 12, 1? Probably. And we're just like uh, Steve, eager to see Steve, how, how What was... It like actually getting into the festival, like driving in, parking, the logistics. Could, did you feel like it was easy, or could you already tell that it was pretty chaotic? From my memory, it was easy. Um, yeah, we had a van and a U-Haul. That was day three by then, so yeah, it was, it was Sunday, I could see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just remember rolling in, and, and you're a kid, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, I'm sitting in the car, like yeah. But also, I mean? like our whole thing is in the vans and buses and. This is all pre-iPhone also, too. So it's like, yeah. I can't look back and say, like, oh, I was watching a movie, talking to somebody, whatever. Like, No, you guys are just We were just there. sitting there talking to each other, <laughs> being yeah. annoyed with each other or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Holy fuck, we're playing Woodstock yeah. today. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. This crazy fuck. So that, yeah. But when you got in, did you, cut, did you guys, like, did the emerging artists 
bands like get the same sort of like treatment or wristband or were you guys able to kind of mingle and even go hang out with some of these these bands like that the you went out to play with yeah. in the future like i remember we got um i'm sure we got t-shirts lanyards and i still have the lanyard i'm not 100 percent sure i have the t-shirt and that um, t-shirt was an artist yeah the artist shirt mm -hmm. yes like the brown one yeah. <laughs> i just got one <laughs> i saw all your collection t-shirts that's amazing <laughs> i didn't know all these different people had those jobs they're like family information and a t-shirt yeah because motherfuckers <laughs> would get lost as shit like a kid would get lost as a motherfucker yeah and then it's like you go to family information i don't know it's like yeah. and your parents would probably tell you like yeah. all right if we get separated yeah. during the offspring right. like yeah. go to family information well that's the thing too yeah because back then you had to right when you would show up somewhere you had to figure out where you were going to meet if you got separated no cell phone you know right and yeah. that probably honestly Such worked out time. so much better than yeah. phone shit now it's like okay no i'm here wait no where are you yeah fuck that right here at yeah. this time that's where we go yeah because yeah. people still just blow each other off when they get a text yeah. <laughs> even though it's like i'm trying to find you, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm scared <laughs> need help yeah they're just like oh fucking someone else's you know instagram uh, you, you might get a kick out of this so on, on the official woodstock 99 dvd and like vhs that they came out with there's like all these intermittent scenes of just like the grounds and what people are doing and they show the like lost and found area where there's like a bulletin board where people can put like hey i lost you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's just this, like, shitty ripped piece of cardboard that just says, Master, meet me at the rave at midnight. Jeff. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, no, no. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, so let's talk about the set. You said that that was, like, the best show that you guys played. You get, you're at Woodstock 99. You said you saw a couple bands. You caught a couple bands. Uh, we're going to get to that in a second because I want to talk about the grounds. But I want to talk about your set really quick. What was that like, walking out on stage at Woodstock 99? It was a huge stage, even though it was like the third stage. It was still a massive stage, which had jumbotrons, camera guys feeding images up there. And um, no sound check. But, yeah, I mean, just knowing that you're – Everyone was aware that they're in the context they were in. You know, this right. is the it's third show of yeah. you know of uh, one of a kind. Right. And um, I remember. I, so <laughs> I was the third show of one of a kind. Well, I don't know. <laughs> like what? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I don't so, mean, I'm sorry. It was like a. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> anyway, like so. Yeah, we we knew. Everyone knew what they were involved in which was amazing you know like you knew this was possibly your peak and whatever and um i was wearing so this this uh radio station waf was so instrumental in um breaking us and 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 building a following for us around around boston and everything i was wearing their t-shirt and um people from boston were finding their way to the stage and um the people working the stage told us that it was the most like passing by and walk in traffic that they saw the stage have the entire three days they said we like like drew the most uh people walking in right and um so i was wearing this um waf t-shirt and people started chanting waf because it was like it was this whole thing like you had allegiance to it and stuff and um some people who didn't know who we were thought our band was called aaf because everyone was <laughs> chanting AAF. So, but it, but so the energy, there was some familiar people, some new people. It was out 
in the middle of nowhere and it was it was amazing but i would say the best part for me was i i look out in the audience and see both my parents both my brothers that's awesome I, they so <laughs> we 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 are a little fuzzy on the details i'm pretty sure all my memory serves me as they surprised me right like fuck dude so I, I look out while we're on stage. I see my family there, and, and if it, everything wasn't already at a peak, it just went over the top. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it. And um, I would have cried. Yeah, that was. I I think I did a little bit. <laughs> like I'm tearing <laughs> like, up now. Yeah. Like like you know, Woodstock '99 it gets such a bad rap. You know, like you were asking us, like what, like how how was that shit perceived? And I was telling you it was all awful. But like, dude, that is such a goddamn motherfucking wholesome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> moment at Woodstock 99 that I just want everyone to know, you know, because we're not saying that bad shit didn't happen, but, like, there was good shit that happened, and fucking Steve looking out in the audience at the biggest show he ever played in his life and seeing his family there, that's good shit. At the same time that the fires were starting, because this is, <laughs> this is 9 o'clock on Sunday. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Without further ado, yes. Okay, so as everyone knows, as we stated in the very first episode, yes, Woodstock 99 does melt down, and it becomes this really chaotic mess of fires and looting and everything else. And Steve's band played at the last slot on the Emerging Artist stage, like probably an hour before the actual Headlight Red Hot Chili Peppers played on the main stage, because that was what, like 9 o'clock? It was your set timer, or was that when you ended? Something like that. I, I mean, right. Good, detail, the emerging artist remember, stage ended before everything else. Basically, like for so, what I remember getting off stage was, um, it didn't take long for, and also actually, I think we were kind of going over our set, and the guys were just walking by, unplugging our amps, not even just saying stop, <laughs> unplugging <laughs> our shit. So, uh, <laughs> just you're crazy. done. Yeah. Um, and yeah, instead of turning off the PA or whatever, just like, and we're like, that's not good for my amp. <laughs> like, yeah. So. <laughs> But um, so I remember finishing and then going out and seeing my family and everything. And we're everyone's starting to hear that chatter of there's shit going down. There's fires and all this kind of stuff. And I kind of like I love crowds and like a certain amount of chaos. And like once you know it's dangerous, then you're like, I'm going to leave. Right. But I love like towing the line with that. Like when the, yeah, when the Red yeah. Sox won the World Series in 2004 in Boston, we were not downtown. Right when they won, we went downtown so we could yeah. be in the middle of all. <laughs> yeah, because you want to see that so, shit. Like, yeah, yeah, I love, yeah no, that's, totally. that's me, you know. So, right. But so I walked out a bit to kind of like see from a distance because the emerging artist stage was right in the middle, and that was over on East or something. Right. And uh, which is, I think, I remember to our right. So like, I'm kind of trying to view from a distance, like gauge the danger factor, and uh, I just told my family like it's and because it hadn't been long since we had all like, since like I discovered they were there and. It was all exciting. Everything's happening all at once. But it wasn't long after that that I was like, we're hearing there's stuff going on. We're leaving. You guys should leave. You know, I love you. I'm so glad you came. And But, but like, get the fuck yeah, out of here. Yeah. yeah. So you guys were touring. You went on tour after that. Or you were on the road. Uh, yeah, we. Yeah. I think our next tour was um, either Stuck Mojo, Power Man 5000, some that, that yeah. summer, and Godsmack. Mm. That's good stuff, yeah. boy. Yeah, was, <laughs> that's was good stuff. stuff. Were you the band that had the song about wrestling? Uh, they were they were good friends with uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, and Fozzie. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Fozzie was some of the same members. Yeah. I think I think Rich, the guitar player, was in in, in, the, in Fozzie. And yeah, I can't believe again. Like I'm still reveling in, in the fucking like uh, family wholesome moment, but then also being like 
also there's like crazy shit happening and like we need to separate and yeah. like I'm going this way, you should go right. that way, let's get the fuck out of here. Right. Which like, also I talked to my dad about the other day and he was like he's basically <laughs> like, So Steve kind of boned us because like <laughs> <laughs> And he was like because we had a van and so and actually the most impressive, miraculous thing about the whole story is that so when they were surprising us and going, they got a hotel room in the closest hotel. And they were on the same floor, a couple doors down from Metallica in their hotel. <laughs> you mean Metallica didn't rent out the entire floor to party in? <laughs> no, I guess not. And, and but my, my dad's like, I can't tell you how, but we knew that Metallica was on our floor. So <laughs> like probably wow. like you know Hetfield out in like a robe getting ice. Who knows? <laughs> like, or they I saw know. like one of their texts or something, and we're like, who is it? Did your you did, did your family like go to Woodstock before? Like, so, did, did they spend so, more time there than you? My, yeah, my younger brother was ten years old at the time. Saw Rage what the, the night fuck? before. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it on TV after playing that shit show the night before. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you had pay per view, man. I didn't so bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> not bad. I wanted to see Rage. <laughs> <laughs> So, but our first survivor actually said that that was a way more dangerous and scary set than what mm. people say that Limp Bizkit was. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I remember that's, feeling that's like, like, yeah, like there was so much hype around. It went like, didn't it go like Limp Bizkit, Corn, Rage? It, it went Limp, Rage, Metallica uh, on day two. When was Corn? Corn was day one, right okay. before Bush. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love <Okay>. it. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. And but I remember feeling like at least from watching it on TV, right? <laughs> that rage just got up and blew everybody away. Yeah. No. Like totally. everyone had that's like yeah, hype and bigness, and we're trying to bring a lot and 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 sort of ask for it or demand it from the crowd. Rage got up there, stood close to each other, did what they did, killed yeah. everybody. Yeah. You know? so no. That's completely. Amazing. That's who rage is. And, and you know, one of my favorites. Uh, on this podcast, we we talk a lot about uh, '69 vibes, like, like like what acts had like the original mm. Woodstock spirit, and like arguably, I say Rage Against the Machine really mm. had that like 1969, like politically aware, like fuck this, we're taking it back kind of attitude. You know, even though their music is like the furthest thing from '69, but that's like '69 vibe. Yeah, mm. it's you just know, a what shame I mean? that the the people that are, that were there that are fans of theirs didn't really get any further past like. Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that was That's it. That's about as far as it got for them. Also, though, I just recently watched uh, a live performance on YouTube of that song, and he had like not a speech, but like a moment before the song started where he was sort of explaining some of the lyrics, mm -hmm. and then once it got in, it, it created somehow a new context for me. Yeah, and and it was a it was a, I mean, they were amazing at crafting importance with low common denominator and things that people can grasp onto yeah and it's such it's it's a very simple line by design and stuff but it's literally like the people who have interests uh in money and they're trying to tell you to do i'm not gonna try to explain it as well as yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just literally like yeah. you know we understand well, what you're doing fuck that you were, know, the, were they like, in were they an influence on you guys when you were starting because like i mean Sure. At, at the base level, if I had to strip it down to like just two fucking words, like your band was rap metal, like you know what I mean, like and that's how it's considered. Like when you search you guys on YouTube and and Wikipedia and all that shit, that's what that's what it says. Was Rage like a big band for you guys? I mean, or were you guys doing your own thing, kind of independently of all that shit? And they're like, oh, there's like shit. I mean, that I we can fit in with. I can speak to what our intentional subtle differences were too, but I can go further and say we sounded like Rage. No. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, you know. Um, well, I mean, my stood out because they kind of had this in my mind, like a like a sub, it was like a Sabbathian hip hop thing. Like it had mm -hmm. these like it was like half Sabbath, half yeah hip hop. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. The best parts of those things. I mean, you can yeah. basically hear a Tom Morello style of guitar in Straight Outta Compton. Like, there's a guitar yeah, doing was, Morello yeah, style yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know if it's derived from there, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so that was like, and the, I mean, what, what other bands are like, like, band still like now. When, you're, when you're a kid, when, when you're in high school, and again, these guys were like fresh out of high school when you when you played Woodstock '99, which is fucking crazy to think about. Because a like I mean that's fucking crazy that your ten year old brother goddamn saw rain. Like that's fucking crazy. I'm scared for him. And that was like almost oh, twenty years also, ago. I mean, apparently my dad said like there's a lot of stuff you've probably seen here, like nudity, <laughs> sex, things like that. And he goes, "Do you want to talk about it?" And he goes, "And he goes, no, nah, Steve told me." <laughs> He played that. <laughs> you want to talk about And sex? I was like, did I talk to him about that? Or he just yeah, didn't no. want to talk to my dad about I, it. I, I would have. And he's like, you got to seen some boobies, you know, some, you know, smelled some weird smoke. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, there was, there, as we said before, there was a rave after the emerging artist tent would like, or hangar, I should say, would, would close down. That I don't think happened on Sunday, like because you guys played last. So do you remember them like breaking down the stage, getting ready for something else? Or was it like everybody get the fuck out? I thought I remembered maybe, I guess I'm remembering the band before us. I thought I remembered someone after us, but probably not. Oh, I, no, I, I know. I, I would, yeah. I, no, I know. I trust you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Our amps were unplugged for us, and... And that was it. Yeah. Then I just went kind of out front and, yeah, talked to my family What's like stuff. the, um, like the, the simmer after the boil like when you guys are dry like was I, and again like i know that like, you gotta reach way far back like to think but like when you're in the van with the u-haul and shit and all your stuff's safe which is honestly the best part about playing any show when you load out and you know your shit's good and then you can just not worry yeah. <laughs> that's the best part about playing music is getting your shit taken care <laughs> yeah. of but uh like was there like this like holy fuck like we just played woodstock like was that like an, an energy in the car i'm sure yeah i'm trying to remember i mean it's it's easy to go back and feel what the high felt like after the better shows, you know, and you know it, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm sure there was. Um, we were also it was it was so far it was the beginning, yeah. You right. know, like yeah, it was, yeah. if that was the cap to it, you know, I would hold on to it probably longer and remember it that way different more differently, you know. But we were excited, you know. We had done a couple weeks of warp tour. We hadn't done a full legitimate tour. Which was all we couldn't wait to do, you know. So right. So once once Woodstock ends, and now you're touring, you, you played Ozfest. You, you did. Also, you guys actually, played actually, big shit. I'm gonna go back too. So then, mm-hmm. um, when we when we when I separated from my family, yes. uh, they were on their way out, and um, everyone's pulling down walls and all this kind of stuff. My dad tells my brothers, "Go grab some pieces of the wall, <laughs> so we can have." <laughs> <laughs> I wish everyone could see their faces right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. So uh, my family took part in ripping down the Woodstock wall. No. <laughs> so oh then for, for, for years, oh, shit. for years we had like a three foot by three foot, like, you know, the like <laughs> painted R- like Ryan, Ryan goes on eBay and looks for pieces of the wall. Oh, God. Yeah, you guys are sitting on a gold mine. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so like, yeah, so we had this like, so two, two sides were cut. It was like a corner piece, I guess. And then two sides are just torn. And, uh, we had, we had these maybe like three, I guess, uh, pieces of it up in like the attic or something for years. And then one Christmas, it was probably 
2008 or something when I left my second band, came home and was about to go to film school with my parents for Christmas. They probably just wanted to get rid of these like big pieces of the wall, but they <laughs> cut like probably like um eight by twelve piece and like put it in like a frame. So I have a framed piece of the wood wall. Damn. You <laughs> absolutely need to give us a picture of that I so will. we can oh, show I, everyone. And the picture, one picture that's up. I just went home like a month ago, and uh, one picture on the wall at home <laughs> Jeez, is uh, a picture of the jumbotron. Uh, on at the stage, that, like, oh. that's a picture of the screen. Whoa! And that's that my you? parents took on disposable camera. Yeah. Wow. Uh -huh. so. Ladies and gentlemen, we are looking at a captured moment on the jumbotron <laughs> of the emerging artist stage of Woodstock '99 of Steve playing guitar. God damn, that's with, crazy, with dog. Embarrassing long hair and a soul patch. No, <laughs> dude. Hey, that was the shit back then, dude. It was. And you still got soul, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Dude, I don't. That's so. Then you're saying leaving afterwards, aftermath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, but dude, like you have a fucking piece of the wall. That's. Yeah. Oh, and I'm it sure the crazy. rest of it just went to the dump. Yeah. Like it probably <laughs> okay, did. Okay, so were we talking before we started this doing this episode about uh, what the name? How you got the name? Oh, was not a story that you wanted to tell us before we moved. Yeah, there was. Um, we were talking about band names. Oh, we're talking about Buck Cherry and Chuck Berry. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I just learned today. Uh, yeah. Later. Also, okay. Real quick for for y'all <laughs> listeners out there, Buck Cherry. We've talked about them a lot. Uh, Buck Cherry, Chuck Berry. Figure it out. Anyway, <laughs> all right, go on. Um, so the the way that sort of like I'm I'm sort of in like my second life now. You know, out in California, editing TV and film and stuff. And the bridge to it, which is one of my only re regrets in life, was so we're maybe like 21, like later, and breaking <laughs> up or something, or 23, I don't know. And um, band's breaking up, and we owed our manager like five grand or something. And they're like, you know, which and which they don't need. <laughs> and our manager just kept getting more and more and more successful and partnered with like the biggest manager ever and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, we're breaking up, disappointed about it, young young guys or whatever, and they're like, we just got this letter from this uh, production company called Reveille, and they're offering you 5000 for your name. Uh, and, and the letter said, like, we don't have to buy this from you, but it's, like, more clean if we just cover if all you, the bases do, or whatever. Yeah. And um, we were like, fuck it, you know, like, we're never going to get back together, just, like, low and whatever. And um, we're just like, sure. Sold our name to them to give our manager five grand or whatever. Um, which not I sound bitter. That's a weird but, coincidence that like not. you owed them five grand and then someone's like, hey, we'll buy that shit for five grand. It's like a right. They were yeah. like, that's what they said. They just presented it like, hey, it's clean, it works. You yeah, know what I mean, which like in the end of the day, whatever. Like I get what they're doing, but like it's just kind of one of those things where looking back, you're like, don't ever sell your band name, just keep it. And and I come to find out later that this Revly company is a huge production company. Their first show out was The Office. <laughs> So it's like five it's, grand. It's basically uh, yeah, missing it's a pool. Basically yeah. like just a don't sell your band name just cause, or b just say like uh okay we'll sell it two hundred fifty grand. Yeah yeah <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah fuck that. You know and just walk down whatever number and and if it's not yeah. significant for you just don't do it. Yeah <laughs> so hey you heard it here first folks on so podcast ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> don't sell your fucking band just name. Don't sell your band name. You never. I mean we got back and did a reunion. Now and, I was gonna ask about that. How yeah. did that. Was that an issue? I mean like it was a show. We weren't selling anything other than tickets and some merch or whatever. And we were just like, if 
they hear about it and come after us, we did a great job promoting the show. <laughs> so, yeah. like, you know, so we were just like, fuck it. Like, like technically we called it Reveille Reborn. So if anyone said oh. you're using the name, it's kind of like when people... Like the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah, stuff like that. No. So. That's amazing. Or like Bone Thugs as opposed to Bone Thugs. Yeah, there's tomorrow. a couple other ones I'm hearing about recently. <laughs> it, is, is Orgy now called Orgy Music? Or something? I don't know. I mean, I, I just went to see Orgy. Okay, I, okay. I'll tell you right now, I didn't fucking go to see Orgy music. I went <laughs> yeah. to see Orgy, goddamn it. Yeah. Orgy music. And, and I'm, again, boys, I'm feeling it today. <laughs> it's, it's not good. I mean, what I'm excited for is uh, Static X um, is oh, putting together an album With and a tour. Singing? It's like they're using whatever vocals they Hologram? have. Hologram? Uh, they said they're going to put a lot of production. I wouldn't be surprised if they had some sort of... Um, like for old songs, yeah. used performances and too, video though. images. Yeah, Static X. Yeah, yeah you guys remember Static Dude, classic new metal shit, dude. Static X, uh, Seven Dust. Who else did you tour with real quick before we said before Power we, Man 5000? Uh, yep, tour with Power Man. Um, yeah, Stuck Mojo was like our first tour out. That was great. Um, uh, we did, yeah, Seven Dust. Um, uh, toured with uh, Nonpoint a lot. Those were good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, Ozfest was great. I mean, watching Pantera every day, and yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was I was a huge Ministry fan. Ministry was supposed to be on the second stage, yeah. so I mean, oh, actually, good, to go back to influences stuff, like um, my influences mostly were like Ministry, Helmet, like what I was feeling. My angle of sort of the new metal stuff, the rap rock stuff, was mm-hmm. uh, as it was coming up, was um, yeah, sort of like the Ministry Helmet end. If if you were to take that thickness and Rap over it, right? Basically, mm-hmm. cool. And so, like, like Helmet Cypress Hill Ministry, right? That was or House Pain, right? Like people wonder, like, intention. like how was there this weird genre of music which we were talking about? How it hasn't really had like a proper resurgence yet. You know, it's mm-hmm. coming. I'm telling you right now, like it's fucking coming, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. And uh, but but it's like like where did that shit come from? It fucking came from MTV pumping kids full of metal and rap. Yeah, you know what I mean. There was like a lot of people cite early um, amalgamations of it. Yeah, Faith and More, and um, even just like Run DMC and and that and And Aerosmith. Oh, that that's arguably the the first new metal song. Yeah, yeah. License to Ill and everything. It was you know. Yeah, people were hearing it, and then everyone just was really doing it. You know. Yeah. Right. Well, fuck, man. That was uh, that was incredible. I can't believe you have a piece of the wall. I can't believe you played Woodstock '99. This is uh, this has been awesome. I hope it's been as good for you as it awesome has been for us. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Thanks. Yeah. yeah oh. No one, no one generally yeah, wants to talk so about new metal, and which I do recognize is technically not the topic of this conversation. <laughs> still, yeah. so I will still hold to the fact that new metal is not nostalgic yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is about Woodstock. It's about to hit about its stride, yeah. dude. It's about to hit its stride. <laughs> but no, no. But yeah, new metal is, is very instrumental in the Woodstock '99 lore. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's in, that is why we're talking about Woodstock '99 yeah. is the shit that new metal caused. You know what I mean? And it's interesting to talk to an emerging artist stage band because even at that level there were still bands like being hyped like i mean you guys headlined that stage you know what i mean so it's like that genre of music was fucking huge on all levels at that festival arguably and that's why i mean even at ozfest the next year like during pantera in dallas it was at an amphitheater so up on the lawn there was a fire so in (laughs) a way it was like not everything but the if if you so woodstock 69 Peace, 94, Alternative, 99, <laughs> was like <laughs> new metal. Yeah, so right. it's just a big show of aggression. 
Completely. So, like, that's why shit went, I think, the way it did. Completely. Yeah, under, <laughs> under the like, guise. If it was booked as an aggressive show, then it would have gone differently as... Different Instead of it being peace, love, and music, but then you have aggressive shit because that turns people that are ready to, like, just get fucked up and, like, have a good time. Now they're like, I'm ready to break shit. Where if they came Those ready to break fans. shit, they'd probably be pooped out by, like, 8 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it's just I just think that's why things went sort of bad. It's just, like, people, those are the... That was the mindset of the people. And then you throw <laughs> drugs and booze into the mix. Yeah. And, you know, it gets, but not during your set. You didn't, like, you didn't have anything no, to, no. to do with that shit. No. I mean, I was actually, like, a, as far as, like, classic, like, Motley Crue rock star expectations, I was boring as shit. No. <laughs> so I, was not, I mean, I was just, like, so constantly into writing and creating that I feared that if I ever insert drugs and booze and stuff into the process... It would also be every night. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Hey, I was uh, just like, I'm not gonna get that's positive message. That's not far off from the truth, brother. And <laughs> <So. laughs> it from us. <laughs> All right, guys, that uh, that concludes our survivor story for today. This has been another Survivor Stories brought to you by Podcast 99, brought to you by Culture Dumps. We'd like to thank Gray Holger at Contradict Sound for all of his technical assistance. We'd like to thank our guest today, Steve from Reveille. I'm Ryan Lechton here with Josh Evans, Parks Miller. We'd also like to thank Beyond Hope Studios for making this episode possible. If you went to, worked at, or played at Woodstock 99, contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com or on Instagram at Podcast99. Also, for exclusive Podcast99 and Culture Dump content, subscribe to our Patreon at Culture Dumps. Thank you, and we'll see you at Woodstock.